0: You can do all this phenomenal stuff in the world, but if you don't please God, you haven't done anything. and And now, for you've got to be paid. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because, brother. You need the word. And today we're going to be studying from the book of Hebrews one particular verse that you've heard numerous times before I've even preached on this verse years ago. Hebrews 11:6. But without faith it is impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And I want to talk to you today from the subject, you've got to be paid. You've got to be paid. Now, I know the chapter or the book name of Hebrews, it sounds like it's Old Testament. Something about Hebrews just sounds old but it's smack in the middle of the New Testament. So this is New Testament, not Old Testament. And here the book of Hebrews talks about two items of faith. You must believe that he is. But that is not as easy as it sounds, particularly now. Gallup, which is the most famous polling company on earth, did a poll last year, and they've been doing this poll since 1944. It is what they call their beliefs and values poll. And since 1944, they've been asking Americans this question. Do you believe there's a God? Last year was the lowest year since 1944 that Americans have answered that question of believing in God. So the belief in God in America is at an all-time low. You must believe that he is. And so many Americans more than ever before are saying, I don't believe he is. I don't believe there is a God or God is dead or it's all just a bunch of hocus pocus. I don't believe there is a God. And see, you must believe that he is. It's specific. First of all, it's a specific gender. So now they're trying to make God neutral gender. That's not what the Bible says. You got to believe that he is. Now, the Bible is a patriarchal sexist document. All it is to it. So if you don't believe in the Bible, you can't be talking about all these equality stuff cuz there's not in the word. Nowhere anywhere any you got to go to another document, another book, another religion. You got to believe that he is. And I know now we're getting to a society where we are gender, shall we say, fluid. That's the politically correct way to describe it is gender fluidity. You don't know whether you're a man. You don't know whether you're a woman. You don't know what you are. He is. See, it's very specific. And the more you get away from he is, the more we get into gender. You, look, when you go to the bathroom, you can see what you are. (laughs) And we're in a world now of gender fluidity. Now, it is not politically correct. To say you don't know what you are and you're in a state of confusion. That's why we got to have all of the pronouns now. And I'm just not putting those pronouns behind my name. Like it's supposed to be Nathaniel Bronner, parentheses, he comma him. If I'm going to put it down to Nathaniel Bronner, man. <laughs> so I just put my own identify. If I gotta, when I see he and him, I'm not sure exactly what that means. So, if I gotta put anything behind my name, it's gonna be Nathaniel Bronner, man. And I might put Nathaniel Bronner, he, man. Now that's just me. I'm not trying to trample on anybody's belief or anybody's fluidity. So, I'm not trying to trample on your fluidity. But if I gotta put something behind my name, and this is me, I do have a right to define me. Had nothing to do with you. I do have a right to define me. Nathaniel Bronner, He Man. So that's me. You must believe that He is. And God knew His identity. You must believe that He is. It's a specific gender and it's a specific God. Because there are plenty of other gods now just as there were plenty of other gods then. As a matter of fact, the first commandment of the Ten Commandments is, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall have no other gods. So that's the first of the Ten. There were plenty of other gods then, and there are plenty of other gods now. You remember back in Genesis 31 when Jacob was leaving Laban and he was taking Rachel and Leah and all his children and all the flock with. Do you remember when Rachel went and took Laban's gods and put those gods in her saddlebag? She took her daddy's gods. So even Laban, who is in the lineage, even Laban had other gods. The second command, you shall make no graven images. He had some graven images of other gods that Rachel went and took. And the Bible doesn't explain why she took the gods. Because it doesn't make sense isolated. Why would Rachel, whose husbands served the one and only true God, why would she go and take her daddy's gods? That's a whole nother sermon. And it's not explained in the Bible. It is explained why in the book of Joshua. That's a whole nother subject. But the point is, there were other gods And people worshipped other gods. But there is only one God. And we must believe that he is. Hebrews gave you two rules of faith. Number one, you must believe that he is. And right now, America is at its lowest point in its history of where we believe that God is. There was once a young piano. Concert artist and he had just performed a phenomenal concert. He played like his fingers were just anointed and he mesmerized the crowd as he played and he played and he played. And, and as he finished and as he stood and took his bow here with these thousands of people all over the concert hall, everyone was on their feet, giving him a massive standing ovation except for one old man sitting in the front row right in the middle. And this whole concert hall, just on their feet, just on fire, just applauding, just the voices screaming to the top because he was so awesome. And yet the young man walked off stage, and he got back off stage, and there was his manager, and his manager saw, man, you just, whoo, you tore that up, you, whoo, whoo. You just really, really did an awesome job. And the young man says, man, I didn't do a thing. What are you talking about? You had everybody on their feet. They stood giving you a standing ovation for over five minutes. You had every single person in this whole concert hall. This hall closed thousands of feet, but all these folks on their feet. Everybody was on their feet except that one little old man down in front. So, I didn't do a thing. So how can you say that? When you got everybody in this concert hall except one old man congratulating you. And the pianist looked at him. He says, yes, but that old man is my teacher. You can do all this phenomenal stuff in the world. But if you don't please God, you haven't done anything. You can get all kind of accolades from man. You can get all kind of accolades from the public. You can be number one in all kinds of stuff. But if you don't please God, you haven't done anything. And the reverse is true. You can have all kind of criticism from the world. The world can condemn you. The world can say you old-fashioned. The world can say you're not politically correct. The world can condemn you just as they condemn Jesus. You can have all of the world against you. But as long as that one old man is standing up giving you a standing ovation, everybody else can be sitting down and frowning and booing and cursing you out. But as long as that one old man stands as long as God applauds you, as long as God can look at you and says, well done, my good and faithful servant, as long as you got that one, you don't have to worry about all of it. You must believe that he is. And we've got to do. There was once a golfer. He was an older golfer. And there is this single hole on this course in Pebble Beach, California. It's, a lot of times if you watch golf tournaments, you see this hole and it's right on the edge of the coast, ocean on this side. And there's a little part of the coast that juts out into the ocean and that's where the green is. So you have to hit your ball, go over the ocean and land on this green. And this golfer had for the longest wanted to make that green and hit his ball on that green. And every year he went to Pebble Beach, every year he went to that golf course, every year he got to that hole, and every year his ball dropped in the water. But each time he got to the hole, he would take an old ball out of his bag. He would take an old ball out of his neck, and it was scarred, and it was beat up because he didn't want to drop a new ball in the ocean. So this time, I'm going to do this thing different this time. I'm going to say a prayer because I've always wanted to just hit my ball on that green if I can just hit my ball on that green. So he bowed his head and he said a silent prayer. And as he got ready, he went and teed up. And, and as he got ready to hit his ball, he heard a booming voice out of heaven. He said, wait, wait, my son. He said, oh my goodness, it's the Lord, it's the Lord. He's answering, oh my goodness. He says, wait, step back and take a practice swing, my son. And before he, he had Told him that he said, Put a new ball on the tee. So he reached in his bag, put a new ball on the tee, and then, then he heard this booming voice Step back, my son, and take a practice shot. So the man stepped back and he swung. And then he heard the booming voice from heaven again, and says, Wait, I take another practice shot, my son. So he stepped back again. And, and then that was just a period of silence. Silence went on about a minute. And finally you hear it, the booming voice says, Put that old ball back on the teeth <laughs> Can God Trust you With the ball You must believe That he is And the second part of faith You must believe that you're going to get paid. Now, that's not the way the Bible puts it. The way the Bible puts it is you must believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently or earnestly or sincerely seek him. Street vernacular, you got to believe you're going to get paid. So if you work for God, if you seek God. If your heart is towards God, you've got to believe he is going to pay you. Two requirements. You got to believe that he is and you got to believe that he's going to pay you. I believe both of those to my core and, and both of those require faith. You cannot logically convince someone that that increasing percentage of americans who believe there is no god because we're becoming more educated we're becoming more scientific we're understanding more of the material world so our knowledge is growing exponentially but our faith in god is also declining faster than ever so you cannot logically argue with people who Don't believe there is a God because God is beyond our logic. We don't understand. And when we don't understand, Mark Twain had a famous statement among one of his many. And he says this, he says, it's not so much that things are so detrimental of what we don't know. It's what we think we do know that just ain't so. And often our intelligentsia, we believe that we know so much of science, so much knowledge that there is no God. It's what we think we believe that just ain't so. And you cannot logically argue with a person, particularly of a science background, who does not believe in God. Because you cannot prove God. Bottom line, you just can't prove God. That's why it takes faith. You must believe, not prove. You must believe. You shall know him by the things that are made. But you can look at the things that are made and still chalk that off to, you know, all this stuff came out of just thin air. Out of hydrogen gas and the Big Bang Theory and evolution in millions and billions of years. You can just chalk it off to what modern science says. And you can see all of the miraculous stuff that God has created And still discounted that there is no God. So you've got to believe that he is, which is becoming increasingly difficult for a lot of people. And then you've got to believe that you're going to get paid. I believe them both. I have seen that. God is real, and I can't prove it to anybody. I've had my own experiences. I can't logically deal with it. I had somebody recently who emailed me, and they had attached a link to a YouTube, and it had to do with that Jesus was a construct of the Roman Catholic Church, and they wanted to debate me about it. i ain't going to debate you about that. Several reasons why I'm not going to debate you about it. Number one, I'm not going to debate you about it because you already got your mind made up. (laughs) And debating a person whose mind is already made up is a waste of your time and it's a waste of their time. And you can find that. I said, that stuff's not new. Long before YouTube, it was in books. I've read tons of that stuff. There's a heap of stuff on the counter end of Jesus, just like there's a heap of most stuff on the pro end. It depends on which one you want. I remember when I was doing, I was in business and I created actually an astrological matching program called Paint, Long before I became a preacher, and I researched all of this stuff dealing with astrology and how you match the different signs. And I had a friend of mine who just heavy, he, he knew all kinds of stuff, history, astrology, all this kind of stuff. So He knew all the positions and the, all the things dealing with the stars and all this astrological. So as I started researching it, what I found was this. Half of all astrologers believed that the whole purpose of astrology was to foretell the coming of Jesus. So I went back, I said, wait a minute, now, you've been telling me all these years about all these details about astrology. Did you ever read where half of the astrologers believe that the whole of astrology has to do with the foretelling of Jesus? He said, yeah, I read it. I said, why well, you didn't tell me one word of that? <laughs> because people when their minds are geared to a certain level all they see is what they want to see I said if I found it and half of all astrologers said the reason for all of the stars in heaven was to foretell the coming of Jesus why you never told me a single word about that I don't believe (laughs) and because they didn't believe they blocked out half of the science, half of the history, half of the opinion, they blocked out the head. they didn't want, see when people don't want to acknowledge God, they'll find every reason in the world, number one they don't want to acknowledge God because if they acknowledge God then they have to do what God says they have to acknowledge his laws they have to acknowledge his book and they want to live like they want to live and they don't want to do what God tells them to do, they want to do what they want to do, therefore you discount the divine so you can be your own God nothing new about this at all you've got to believe that he is and then you got to believe that you're going to get paid and i believe so much in this i have just seen this thing so much the more i follow god it looks like the more god pays me and it's not about money but he does pay you in money And it may not be a whole pile of money, but he pays you enough so that you never have lack. I have never seen the righteous or their seed beg bread. It's in the Bible. I never seen those righteous or their seed begging bread. So you may not be sitting up in a mansion, but you're not hungry. So, God takes care of everything that you need. He doesn't necessarily take care of everything that you want. Because a lot of stuff we want, to be honest, we have no need of it whatsoever. I don't know, Prophet Dexter was back in the makeup room, and he had some banana pudding he was giving Pastor C. Elijah. I think you made it for him. And trust me, I wanted that banana pudding so bad. I did. I wanted it, but I didn't what? I didn't need it. So God will often give us what we need, but thank God he don't always give us what we want. Because I wanted it so bad, but I know God told me that which is sweet to you shall be bitter to your body, and that which is bitter to you shall be sweet to your body. I knew, I know without question, I know the science, I know the spiritual, I know good, well, I don't need that sweet, but I wanted it so bad. Woo! (laughs) Woo! And I had to watch, see Elijah take it on. He just went on with it. (laughs) Matter of fact, I'm not sure there's any left in the bowl now. (laughs) So, so, So thank goodness God does not give us all we want, but he gives you what you need. You are going to be paid. He is a rewarder. those who diligently seek him and you've got to believe this to even please God you cannot believe that you're gonna search and you're gonna seek and you're gonna serve and God is not gonna pay you if you do that you can't please God you gotta believe he's gonna pay you and I believe that I don't get any pay from the church but God pays me and God pays me well I mean I am so I don't think I could be any happier Right now, we've got so many projects that are going on. One of our projects is our podcast. We've got three podcasts, and they go out, different podcasts, every day of the week. So when people subscribe to our podcast, and I subscribe, so the podcast that popped up today. A.B., I just want you to play just a few minutes. This was the podcast that popped up today, and it just blessed me as I listened to these few minutes. But it's how I feel. Is it queued up? Got it? Okay, go ahead and play it. The real key to happiness is just to be able to appreciate what you have. Five seven six nine class cause and correction. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the word. And actually I was in the midst of a series that I just started with my last message called The Causes of Lack. But God spoke something to me, and for the first time, I just had to ask. I said, Lord, can I just pause that series for just a minute and just preach from what you just told me? I said, this thing just burning in my gut. Can I just stop the series for just a minute on the causes of lack and just preach from what you told me? And I asked God about that thing two or three times, and he said, go ahead and preach it. So I'm going to preach it today. This is something that just from what God told me, and this is what he told me. He said, you are so happy because you see me in everything. That was the word and the sentence that God spoke to me. He said, you are so happy because you see me in everything. And I want to tell you three things about that. First of all, number one, I am happy. Sometimes in the middle of the day, I just sit and say, woo, woo. It's like that electronics brand LG that simply says, life's good. That's their slogan. Sometimes I just stop in the middle of the day and say, woo, life is good. Good. Have you just ever had moments like that When you just had to say to yourself Life is good I feel like that 99% of the time I just really do So that's number one I really am happy We had Prophet Hector here He was here on Thursday And a few months ago when he came up He touched my stomach He fell back He said man you are the happiest person That I've ever touched And I am There's no jive about it I am happy That's number one Number two is that I have great blessings. I really do. There's some stuff in my life that's really phenomenal. I have some great blessings that God has just poured upon me in so many of the areas of my life. There's just no question. I've got some great blessings. So number one, I am happy. Number two, I have some great blessings. Number three, I've got some issues in every single area of my life. I got issues in every single area of my life. There's not a single one of the four major areas of life that I don't have some issues in. And some of you all may think, well, Pastor, you just don't. Yes, I do. I got issues in every single area of life. We just left a conference that my brother Bishop Dale had, and he had some phenomenal speakers there. And so many of the mega pastors and the mega teachers who came and they began to tell the history, every one of them had major issues and talked about it. You know, everyone is fighting some kind of battle. There's just no two ways about it. So I'm truly happy. I've got some great blessings. But I have issues in every single area of my life. So those are the three things. I don't want you to think I'm happy because I don't have any issues. Because that's just not so. I'm happy in spite of my issues. And see, and that makes an issue. And some of y'all say, Pastor, you got plenty of money. No, I don't have plenty of money. I got issues with money. I have stuff that I have to pay and things that I have to deal with and budgets that I have to meet. I got some issues. Well, Pastor, your body's in real good shape. I just got through with an aching shoulder that I finally got back in shape. I had plantar fasciitis in my running foot. I got all kinds of issues in the body. It's just stuff that happens. I had my ears stopped up. I just got stuff. So I got issues in every single area of my life. Well, Pastor, you got a great family. I got a great family. My lump of sugar is sitting there, but sometimes it's a little speck in the lump of sugar every now and then. That's just stuff. So I have issues in every single area of life. There's nothing that's perfect, but in spite of it all, when you... And God said, it's because you see me in everything and I really, really do. I believe that my life, first of all, is not controlled by Satan. The devil has no authority and no power. And see, if you're in Christ, you don't have to have it in your life either. He has no power in my life. Every single thing in my life is orchestrated and ordained and ordered by God. Job said in Job chapter 2, beginning at the 6th verse, he said this. The Lord said to Satan, very well be it. he is in your hands. And that was basically just the beginning of it. But that was on our podcast today, and I don't schedule the podcast, I listen to it. So when I listen to that, you got to get paid. And if you believe that he is, you believe he controls every facet of your life. And if you diligently seek him, and I'm getting to the point now where I want to spend more and more focusing on Seeking God, getting closer to God. I got to do more to get closer to God and closer to God's will. And the closer I get, the harder I seek. My goal is to see if I can outdo God outpaying me. And I'm just, I can't do it. I can't outdo God outpaying me. Because he is a rewarder of those who who diligently seek him. So you have to ask the question, if you don't feel like you're getting the rewards of God, are you truly seeking him? And when we truly seek God, his rewards are just, and it's really what I call this happiness bubble. All of the other stuff doesn't really matter. The kingdom of God is within. It always has been. The kingdom of heaven is within. It always has been. And as long as we're on this earth, it always will be. You've got to get paid. But you don't expect to get paid from man, and you don't have go to work. Why do you expect to get paid from God, and you not have seeking Him? He is the ultimate paymaster. You must believe that He is. And we're getting an increasingly bigger disconnect with American society believing that He is. And then if you do believe in God, you got to believe that if you really go after God, God is going to come after you with blessings. There's this verse in the Bible and it says, and the blessings shall overtake you. You can't outrun God's blessings. And the blessings shall over... Can you just imagine that? You just run and just blessings just behind. And it just. Oh, you can't get away from God's blessings when you seek Him. Sometimes it's stuff that you don't even want. And yet God will just give you so many blessings... That's why he said, and you shall not have room enough to receive it. And I felt like this. Lord, I'm so blessed. I said, what have I, why am I so blessed? And sometimes I feel so good. Lord, why am I feeling so good? Why do I get to be like this? He said, because you see me in everything. Whereas most people only see God in what I would call the pleasant, pleasurable stuff. They don't see God in the pain. But God is in it all. He said, the reason you're so happy, you see me in everything. And I've had people accuse me of it. You just see God in everything. Yes, I do. I absolutely do. I believe that he is. And I believe that he's going to pay me. And there's another part in this series of verses that's really deep. And this is in the 13th chapter. Actually, it's still chapter 11, but it's the 13th verse. All these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their own. If they had longed for the country they came from, they could have gone back. But they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. God is paying me heavy on earth, but it's even better when I leave this earth. I'm being paid heavy now, and so are you when you are truly diligently seeking God. He pays you in so many ways that you can't even fathom. But I got an even better reward waiting on me up there. You must believe that he is. And you must believe that you're going to get paid. Those are the two requirements to please God. You must believe that he is. And you must believe that you are going to get paid. Or diligently seeking him. You grab a hold of those two concepts and it changes how you walk through life. It changes your expectations, your viewpoints of this world and it takes away all fear of transitioning to the next. Because I believe I got a treasure up there that won't wait a minute. Because I believe him. I believe that he is and I believe what he said. He said he going to pay me. He ain't going to pay me as long as I diligently seek him. So I am trying to diligently seek him more and more and more. And I believe he will pay me more and more and more the more I diligently seek him. So ask yourself the question, are you truly? See, we know we're diligently seeking stuff suffer the world. Most people have no issue with that. Are we diligently seeking God? You got to believe that he is. And you got to believe that he's going to pay you. I thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word. You can go to brothersoftheword.com and listen to this message or send it to a friend absolutely free of charge. You also need to subscribe to our daily newsletter at surprisesermon.com. There's a sermon that's issued every day as well as the podcast. And these will help you. We've got so many messages online. That you can get a fresh word from God every single day with either Surprise Sermon or listening to the podcast. No matter what platform you're on, Brothers of the Word and the love of Christ is there for you. So make sure you take advantage of that. Make sure you get a fresh word from God every single day. Thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word. Because, brother, you need the word. We're going to ask Pastor James to close us out for today.
1: Amen. We thank Pastor for that awesome message. Doesn't it feel good to know that you will be paid? Know that you'll be paid well. Nobody pays like God. And he was just talking about the happiness bubble that he walks in. and, And it's no accident that he's talked about even the poll that was done that since 1944. We've got the lowest belief in God that we've had. But also when you look at happiness, we've been at the lowest happiness, too. There's more teenage depression than ever before. We've got more technology, more material things, but less contentment, less happiness, less fulfillment. And I truly believe it correlates with that belief in God. So we've gained scientific knowledge, but lost our real purpose and our real fulfillment. And even in the last men's meeting, we talked a lot about the advent of artificial intelligence and just how it was this new booming thing that's going to take a lot of jobs and just change our society in major ways. And the latest project is called ChatGPT and Microsoft invested $13 billion in it and they've raised all of this money and all of these computers linked together to just unravel the mysteries of the universe. and and just perform a lot of the the jobs and outthink humans. And even as pastor was preaching, he's talked about the intelligentsia and how they had lost faith in God. And I just put in, I pulled up that artificial intelligence just to see what it said about what he was preaching about. As they put all of this money into it and they fed all of the books from the past and all of the things from the internet and gave it the power of deduction greater than any human. And I ask it, does God exist? And this is what it answered. It says, does God exist? It demands more than a few seconds of attention and involves a wide range of ideas and evidence. Ultimately, what we see in human experience, science, logic, and history leads to a confident answer. Yes, God exists. And it says, is there anything else I can help you with? Mm -hmm. I said, (laughs) so I asked his artificial intelligence, I said, does God reward those who serve him? And this is its answer. It says, yes, God does reward those who serve him. Though the rewards might not always be immediately apparent, God has promised to bless those who serve and seek him in the Bible. God promises that those who serve him faithfully will receive a hundredfold in this life and eternal life in the world to come. Ultimately, the greatest reward that God gives to those who serve him is his presence. He never leaves nor forsakes us, and he is always with us in times of trouble. In other words, when we serve God, He grants us the gift of himself and his protection and guidance. That is a reward indeed. Is there anything else I can help you with? (laughs) And I find it a shame that something that man has built has answered these two questions that pastor has preached about better than 90-something percent of Christians today. And imagine how it pains God that his creation, his children, don't recognize confidently as much as something artificial that he exists, that he rewards them that seek and serve him. It's a shame that we've let something that we've created tell us about the one that created us even more, better than we're Expression in it. To be honest, I'm not sure the ministers could have answered that. But <laughs> that artificial intelligence is it answered, answered it better than most pastors. I can tell you that. <laughs> so it's something where we're with heads bowed right now. But there's anybody in this place, and those two questions that you're feeling a prick in your heart to say. Indeed, this artificial intelligence has answered these two more confidently than I can, even in my own heart, if I'm true to myself. And today, if you want to just declare that with surety, if you don't want to let something artificial outdo you in your faith, the one who God has breathed the breath of life, The one who he's given you freedom to enjoy all that he's created in this world. And if you want to make sure today. And say it more confidently than this artificial intelligence. He's given you genuine intelligence. Not a counterfeit. And we've taken what he's given us as genuine. And perverted it with untruth. If you want to get it right today, the altar is open. And I found it even interesting how when asked about the reward, it said he'll give you a hundredfold in this life and the life eternal. And even when Pastor and I was praying over my brother Daryl, and we was praying that he would come back to life there laying in the funeral home. Pastor heard his voice and said, I don't want to come back. He said, it's a hundredfold times better over here the same number that artificial intelligence said that god will reward you a hundredfold in this life and the life beyond my brother even verified it from the life beyond and said even though he had a good life here he said it's a hundred times better on this other side amen amen well stand to your feet and
0: we have to remember we'll have a hundred times more people who will listen to this message online than in the sanctuary. So there are those who will hear this. And they need to be able to go to Brothers of the Word, click Salvation, and they can get salvation wherever they are on the face of the planet.
1: Amen. So if you're listening live and not hearing the service, you want to just pray that prayer of salvation. Just go to Brothers of the homepage there you're listening on, and just Click on salvation and pray that prayer with us right there. We have a guided format so you can be saved right where you are. We serve an omnipresent God that's present everywhere at once. Amen. Well, let us pray. Lord, we just thank you for this word today, oh Father. We thank you for being real, oh Lord. Not being made out of stone or wood but being a living God someone that we can pray to and you'll talk back to us and you'll listen and you'll sup with us as we sup with you we thank you Lord for never leaving us never forsaking us and we just pray for those whose faith may be struggling in this generation as they listen to science and listen to professors oh Lord institutions and we pray oh Lord that they'll come across your true believers and true children oh Lord that they'll be ministered to in a way that they could understand it oh Father and Lord even in in your word you said if we don't praise you that the rocks will cry out oh Lord and in the same way you've called something that is not living in artificial intelligence to cry out and say indeed God is real And I'm confident in it. And that he rewards them that seek and serve him. So even though the people who even created it might not believe. That the creation is crying out. Saying that I'm confident. That the creator is real. We thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. For loving us oh Lord. Thank you for not destroying mankind oh Lord. Even in the midst of disbelief oh Lord. That you've given us so much, oh Lord. Fresh air and water and sunshine and all resources of life and trees to enjoy. And yet, man dares to walk among it and say, you didn't create it, Lord. Thank you for your mercy, oh Lord. for Just not destroying us in our own arrogance, oh Lord. In our own ignorance, oh Lord. Thank you, Lord. For just who you are, oh Lord. Thank you for being who you are, oh Lord. But no beginning and end. Thank you, Lord, that you are the Alpha and the Omega. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. In the precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen.
0: You are listening to brothers of the This was the message titled, You've Got to Be Paid, by Nathaniel Bronner. This message is number 5990. That's 5990. To listen to thousands of free messages or to send this message number 5990 to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Listen to brothers of the often because, brother, you need the word. A